Hi, everybody, and welcome to a Gem of a Secret podcast. My name is Donatella, my secrets. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. I'm still here. And that's Autumn. How are you doing tonight, Coco? <laughs> um, actually, I went to this new neighborhood bar called The Saloon that was, got me a little toasty. So yeah. thank goodness for finally finding a way to drink before these episodes. And Autumn, too, toasty? Yeah, no, she pulled me out of the basement and let me leave the house for once. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I try not to. Honestly, she gets too much air. She gets, like, unbearable. Yeah, yeah. Anytime she makes a mistake, Coco's like, back in the hole! <laughs> also, people might worry if they see me. I legit at one point thought that Autumn was going to be moving into our basement. I did too, I don't know actually. where I got the idea from, but I was like, oh, I think because our house flooded, I was like, Autumn's going to be living in our basement now. I did too. And then, like, Kyle <laughs> even made it seem like it was a reality. He's like, well, there's which a mattress like, down there. Which is, like, was my, like... I can't stay at Coco and Donna's house for too long because their straight roommate, Kyle, would, like, hate me. But then he was like, oh, no, she's just going to live here. And I was like, that is the green light, bitch. Lord's saying about this, and I'm good. <laughs> Coco, what are you wearing? Um, so today, I decided to go, like, with more, like, um, a fat girl, like, pinup. Mm. Um, so I'm in an outfit that doesn't fit at all. Um, <laughs> which I'm wearing my breast form, and it's gorgeous, and I have uh-huh. curves for days. Um, I'm also wearing this cute update. Mm-hmm. Up, do, up, do. <laughs> That's the word. Thank you. She's been struggling with words tonight. Donna, what are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing. Uh, it's actually just a costume right out of the bag. It's a, a Godzilla costume. <laughs> I really wanted to be a dinosaur when I was a kid, so I'm embracing my inner child tonight. It's That's sickening. why she got into heels, because she like walking on her toes like dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly, Tea. exactly. Well, I am after. wearing a big like pop letters that say "Rain on Me," and kind of like uh, Circa Rasha season three. There's a dick uh, shooting semen under my head. Cause come on, rain on me. I. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Um, you see she, it? Like I don't went... understand why why you're so shocked. She <laughs> she brings it to you every ball. Actually, I just thought it was rain that was a little milky, but now that I have the description, I'm appalled. Because... You didn't realize that it's not a cloud and it's just a giant dick. <laughs> By the way, if you hear like a little bit of pitter patter, it is raining here. Oh my god, the Pacific in Northwest is Pacific Northwesting for the first time in literal months. Yeah, we've been on fire. Yeah, we it's have not been, on been fire. great. So yeah. when this episode releases, I do want everybody to know our air quality is pretty good. It did rain a lot over the last week, and we are safe. Coco's just saying this so her mom stops calling her worried. Absolutely the same <laughs> truth. But for our listeners out there, we are safe. Um, it is raining. We are good. And I know we like always start these episodes off with a lot of funny things, but we are talking. So we're on a, a four or five part series about coming out of the closet. And so last week's episode um, was about my coming out journey um, and Autumn's, actually. So this week, um, we're going to be doing Donatella, My Secret's coming out story. And then next week, we'll be doing Touche Duche's coming out story. Um, and so Donna's going to go into her stuff. But we want to let everybody know out there, like, if you do need to talk about these ish- talk about these subjects or these issues, like make sure that you reach out to us. And like, there's lots of resources out there on the internet. We know that these subjects are really hard um, to talk about. Um, And we're giving you guys our story. So hopefully you can relate to it or maybe even get some questions answered because all of us are healthy. We're thriving. We're in good headspaces. We're really recognizing our peace and growing as individuals. So even though at a time in our life when it wasn't the greatest, um, we're doing okay now. So for Tuesday's episode, we'll all know what not to do. I'm kidding. Tea. I'm kidding. Oh, no, God. <laughs> she keeps talking about the trauma, and I'm just waiting to hear. So um, I'm handing it over to Donna, and I'm going to interrupt her with questions throughout, kind of like an interview style. Yeah. So Donna, tell us about your coming out story. Um, 
Mine was not a good story. Um, it's it's not a great one. Uh, it led to me having very minimal interaction with my family for a couple of years. Um, so that was kind of a uh, a bad situation. But I'll get into it. I uh, I came out when I was 19 years old, and it was my the end of my freshman year of college. I had dated a girl for two years from high school into college. Um, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And I... Uh, yeah. So I had... That um, March around my birthday had started to like really hang out with more people who were different than me or the same as me, I guess, actually, <laughs> who were different um, than who I'd normally hung out with when I was in high school and stuff. Where and were you living at this time? I was in Grand Junction, my my hometown, where I lived for 27 years of my life. And I, uh, I started hanging out with more people who were, like, in theater and stuff, and I was in college and being more introduced to gay people and making friends with gay people. And embracing sides of myself that I had hidden away and tried to pray away growing up and wished weren't there because I was told it was always bad. So I ended up, it was, I was sitting in the, in the living room with my parents and I had referred a new friend who was gay and I guessed a little apparently gay, um, to my dad's work. My dad worked at the grocery store and I was in college at the time and my friend was going to school with me and he needed a job so I referred him and my dad after the interview he's like yeah your friend was nice um is he gay and I was like yeah he's like oh okay he's like I just wanted to know and so him and my mom got to talking and my mom sat me down in the living room and was like so why are you friends with those types of people oh my god oh dear yeah wow. and they were just drilling me asking questions like drilling me and I yeah just drilling me with questions while I'm sitting there and in the living room and I'm like don't know really like how to react or what to say because I wasn't ready to come out just right then you know like it was a lot and so I removed myself from the situation and I took off I got in my car and I drove over to my friend Emily's apartment and she, at that time, was becoming a closer friend to me and is still to this day, like, my best friend, one of my best friends. I have many. And uh, I remember taking time to talk with her about it because I had come out to her previously. I had come out to a couple of friends, and this was, you know, when my family was starting to kind of catch on. And um, we spent the night just talking about it, watching stuff. Um, watching Glee together and watching our favorite shows and and helping me build up the courage. I had a little bit of, you know, a little bit to drink too because it, it helped with the nerves at the time and I didn't really talk to my family while I was there. And I ended up kind of hanging out with her that night and trying to build up the courage. So the next day I go home and it's a very oppressive mood in in the house when I got there. Um, Were you living at home or on campus? You were at home, though. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. I um, was living at home with my parents 
because it was cheaper and right, I had right. yeah yeah and um, I immediately went right to my room and hung out there for a little bit and I um, oh I forgot to say I had also told my sister at this point oh yes I didn't know that and she reacted very she was very scared for me oh jeez um, she was terrified because she knew how my my parents were going. She knew that it would be a bad reaction. How long before you told your parents did you tell your sister? How long before? Probably just like a couple of days. Okay. I would say that it was a couple of days before this, or maybe a day. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so she was scared for me. And I just remember seeing my sister, and she was just kind of looking a little scared for me when I came back into the house, and I went into my room, and I laid down. And my mom was kind of laying in her bed and hadn't really, like I could tell that she hadn't really gotten up for the day or really done anything. And it was, it was probably into the afternoon at this point. And, um, she got up and came into my room and the way that I said it was, um, I, I left and I was mad that you said, how could you be friends with those people? Because I think I am one of those people. Oh, dude. Did you say... I said, I think. I think. <laughs> ah! I know, we talked about that. I said, I think. Um, if you haven't heard the last last week's episode, everybody, we talk about I think, and it is not the best way to do that. And then there were... Yeah, yeah. So after that, there were a lot more questions, because that's what I think does. It leaves... All of the open all of questions. the open questions. It's a phase. I think is a Christian's favorite thing because everything that they believe in is based on thoughts and prayers. Yeah. And <laughs> that's not wrong, honestly. It gives them the open door to question. Yeah. So I said I think, and that um, yeah, it just it really. Uh, What's the so? Let's unpack this moment. By yeah. the way, for me and Donna have been friends for a very long time. And we kind of know about each other's stories to a degree, like the pivotal points, obviously. But so I'm going to go into this trauma with her. <laughs> so, so after you said, I, I think I'm one of those people, what's the first thing that your mom says after that? I think it probably was, you think. It was questioning that. And really? she, so she asked if I was, if I still liked girls. And I said, yes, I, I think so. You know, mm-hmm. and I, and it, even though I had told myself beforehand, no, like I'm not. And I had kind of, I had kind of come out to my friends as bi at that time too, mm-hmm. because I wasn't quite ready to do, I was like, I think I'm bi or something. I'm experiencing mm-hmm. feelings for guys and, and gay men because I was hanging around them and I was like, ooh, I'm attracted to them. And right. so, um, yeah, I, and I mean, obviously it was something that I had known about myself since I was 12, since I was right. young, you know, since puberty. And it's something I had always wished wasn't a part of me. But, um, yeah, so she was asking. And at, so I was still, I was trying to get my foot, like, to, like, go in the water. And I, so I came out as bi originally. Mm-hmm. And um, I told her that I like, but I like guys more than I like girls. Hmm. I'm more into guys. And immediately it was, it was bad. Um, at first it was sadness. And I asked her if she could lo- love me um, anymore. And she said, I don't know. Oh my God, that is heartbreaking. 
Your mom said, I don't she know. She said, I don't know. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. That is terrible. She started getting angry after that. And... Wait, where's your dad right now? At work, still. Okay. My dad is still at work. Okay. Not hiring gay people. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um... My dad is still at work. He actually did have other gay people working for him. That's, yeah. But I think I, he ended up he did end up hiring my friend. But then my friend quit very quickly, <laughs> or just didn't show up. But um, so tell us more about the conversation because that yeah. that's the point that I think our listeners really want to know. Yeah. Um. So then she got really mad and started getting really into like the vulgarities of like like sex. For some people, people, for some reason, people who think that, like, who think of gay, like, they automatically think of the act rather than the person. Mm-hmm. And so she was, like, you know, talking about the the act and how it's disgusting and unnatural oh, and stuff like that. And um, that I was going to get AIDS and die. And Did she said you're going to get AIDS yes, and die? Yes. Oh, um, she was very, very mad. Oh, and my gosh. I don't know how the conversation ended in that moment. I know that it ended with her leaving my room and going into her room. And my dad, we were talking about it for quite some time and she went online and kind of was just like looking stuff up. And I noticed that she was doing that. Mm -hmm. And um, so so, um, my dad came home. I heard him come home Mm -hmm. and I kind of, I went into the room right as he was coming in the room and she's like, so do you want to tell your dad what you told me? Oh gosh, hearing this is really difficult. And I told him, I was like, "Yeah, Dad, I um, I like guys, you know." I is that what you said? Yeah, I I I said that. And um, my dad's first response was, "Are you fucking kidding me?" You're gonna make me cry. And (laughs) and then after that, he said. He waited for a little bit, and he goes, well, I still do love you. You're still my son. And that was kind of the extent of the interaction of me and my my dad coming out for that that period of time. And so I went back to my room. I I decided that I was going to spend the least amount of time at that house as I could. Because mm-hmm. I was um, scared to be there anymore. I um, didn't know if the people who had raised me for um, that much of my life loved loved me. I know my. I mean, my dad told me he did. My mom wasn't sure. Um, I think I ended up going back and sleeping at Emily's that night. They um, they did tell me that same day. If well, if you're gonna be out and open about this, then you're not gonna be um, living under this roof. And uh, I, I ended up coming back to the house and I was like, you know what? I was like, um, I, I'm making this decision to live authentically because it's something I've hidden for a long time and kept secret and not been able to express, even though over the years there's definitely been hints of it. You know, things have definitely come up. I, it, uh, it was something that they knew, um, I think but they acted like it was a big shock. And they said, if you're going to stay here, then you need to get help for this. Then we're going to take you to church and you're going to see a priest and 
um, or, or a counsel, or someone, someone who uh, a pastor who is um, also good at counseling people who have this type of problem, this type of issue. Oh my god! And oh. I told them no. I'm 19 years old. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to see someone because I don't need fixed. I, um, at this point, even though I was hesitant about labeling who I was, I was very adamant about coming out full force and, and being me because I had hidden it for too many years. So, um, I told them I'm, I'm not going to do that. And so I guess that gives me no choice but to leave. And they were like, yes, that's, that's that. I feel like it's a really opportune time um, because I need a minute to ask Donna how she's doing this evening. Ah, well, let's get back to that after this brief commercial break. Are you ready for the next digital interactive drag experience? Tune in for Spoopy Introvert on Saturday, October 3rd at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with queens from the Boulay Brothers Dragula and Camp Wanakiki. Tickets are only $5, and you can buy them online at thecdsdrag.com slash introvert. That's thecdsdrag.com slash introvert. It's a podcast it with Coco and Donna Telepodcast. Tune into what they tell you podcast with Coco and Donna Telepodcast. Well, I'm just extremely happy right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I'm revisiting trauma right now. So um, I, uh, I actually haven't told this story in a long time. I was just telling you as we were taking a break. So it's, it's nice to sit down and actually talk about it again. Yeah. So you say no. Um, you say that you're not going to go into whatever horrible thing that was still legal at the time it wasn't i mean and they didn't have it lined up but they were they were basically essentially wanting me to go to conversion therapy yes and at the time because i was i was over 18 now um i i could say no so i said no and but that meant that i had to leave then and so i did so i I wanted to ask so obviously you're getting your stuff to leave, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it was probably the same day or the next day. No, it was. I it, it took about a week because I wanted to make sure that I had a place. So I had a week to find a place. And this meant me telling now everyone in my scholarship program that I had known for the last year that I'm gay now and I'm getting kicked out by my parents and I need to find a place to live. Jesus. So um, I... Uh, I told, yeah, I told everyone that was in my scholarship program. And eventually, as I started to get to tell more people, I just started coming out as gay. I stopped saying the whole bi thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, even to this day, like, I'm, I'm like, 98, and then I'm maybe off 2%. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, I, uh, at this point, I was just coming out full-fledged as, as gay to people. And um, because I knew that's, that's what I was. And uh, this, a lot of people really rallied around me. I was lucky um, because as, as bad of experiences as I had in college being out um, throughout like my entire college experience, uh, that first year people really rallied behind me and I ended up getting people to help me find a house um, that a, a friend was uh, getting out of her lease in. And I was able to take that over and move into a place really quick. Um, it wasn't ideal, but... Um, 
How did you pay for it? I was working as an orientation leader that summer for the university. And so I had saved up a little bit of money because I was living at my parents over the, you know, over the summer, um, just doing orientations. And I was able to like put enough down to like cover a deposit and rent. So Um, what were the conversations like during that week while you were moving out? Did they talk to you? What was said? It was very venomous. Um, I didn't run into my dad a whole lot. My dad helped me move my bed. He helped me move a couple of big things. Um, mm-hmm. And, we, I mean, he didn't say much. My dad always was um, the more loving in this entire situation. Mm-hmm. My dad always was very loving. I was always much closer with my mom. But my dad, um, my dad had to hold it together because my mom couldn't. And even though we were distant, like he still, he still did have my back and reach out. Um, my mom said really venomous things. She would leave papers that she had printed out of um, AIDS statistics and um, oh my god she would leave them in my room oh my god and it was her way of trying to scare me oh my god um, and suicide statistics just all sorts of stuff all sorts of stuff basically disparaging um, gay men and they were all from very religious sites and stuff and oh my god yeah so Eventually, though, it got to a breaking point, and we got into a screaming match at each other as I was moving my stuff out, and um, she was screaming some vulgarities and stuff at me, and I, I looked to her, and very calmly, and kind of <laughs> kind of crazy, I, I said, um, you know, Mom, when you yell like that, you look really fucking ugly. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and my mom is... A woman of that is appearances are important and um she immediately was offended and hurt and i knew that i knew that that was the thing that i could say to get her to like Mm -hmm. leave me alone in that moment so i did um i finished up packing up my stuff and i left i i did it i think to like spite them which is very shitty but i left certain things that they had like given me in that room that i didn't i didn't take with me i didn't know that i i did and they were hurt by that. There were, like, certain, like, keepsakes that my dad had, like, passed down to me that I left in, in the room. And because they, they, they had also in this whole week told me that they had felt like they were mourning a loss, that I was dead. Um, they, oh, my God. They had told me they felt like I was dead and I wasn't there anymore, even though I was there. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I ended up getting fully moved out of my parents' house, and um, over the next two years I saw them very minimally pretty much on holidays and if they'd reach out and ask me to lunch every once in a while there were even some birthdays I didn't wish anyone happy birthday I didn't you know like there was or I forgot to or you know I um I wasn't present because I I couldn't be I couldn't be I remember huh so what was the first conversation you had with either your mom or your dad after you um, there were a lot of nasty ones that happened throughout that fall. I remember specifically in like October, September or October, my mom saw that I liked a drag queen's page and she called me flipping out. 
and saying saying like you like that disgusting stuff and oh like screaming at me over the phone and so like they were still like it was really hard to talk to them for months like it, I, I completely had to like like cut myself off from them because it was bad and I was I was not living you know I was living the best I could because I was very much so in like in like the basic survival mode trying to get by because I wasn't making much money as an orientation leader right. over the summer and when school started I had to find a completely new job that um because orientation was only over the summer right so oh my god um so it was it was stressful it was an extremely stressful situation I was I was dealing with a lot of stress a lot of trauma also in this time I had gotten jumped on my campus for being gay and holding hands with a guy on on campus um so I would say the next actual like civil conversation that we had probably again was Thanksgiving and that was because I didn't bring up anything about myself really my grandma invited me to Thanksgiving and she said just don't bring it up just don't bring anything up that makes me so sad and it's so, funny because I know that like like in the last episode I know that my mom never said those words to me about the family reunion but it was like so heavily implied and it does feel yeah. like it's like you can be around us just don't the queer stuff yeah yeah oh god so um that was the, that was the first time that we kind of hung out again and I I I had actually initially had Thanksgiving plans with my boyfriend at the time who was 10 years older than me. When did you start dating him? I started dating him, oh gosh. Um, like how long after you moved out or before you moved out? Oh, that was the second. Okay, so no, that was a different Thanksgiving. I didn't spend this Thanksgiving with, actually that was the, the Thanksgiving the year after I came out. So I'm getting him confused. I started dating him though. Um, as I was 19, it was it was after I had come out. It was I would say that we started dating that winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. So, how long did you and him date? Um, yeah, just how long did you him date? On and off for like the course of like six months, I would say oh, eight gosh. months. It was it was on and off for a very long period of time, and then until I stopped letting him manipulate me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and because he's your, because f- is this your first boyfriend? Um, yes, the first one that lasted like longer than a few weeks, or that wasn't like, oh, I'm done with you after we fuck. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good God. And, but that's all the same. That's the year you came out too. Yeah. Lord, that was a really rough year yeah. for you, girl. Yeah, it was. It was bad. <laughs> it was a. It was like a bad year. So I'm in this abusive relationship. Um, let's fast forward to when me and my family are talking maybe a little bit more, like a year later. Um, and, uh, my, this boyfriend decides to, uh, go into my dad's store that he works at and introduce himself to my dad. Oh, wow. As, as my boyfriend. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, so he went and he was, I, I think a little drunk at the time because he always was Mm -hmm. and um i ended up spending thanksgiving with him and we go back to our friend's house that we're that we're spending it at and my dad calls me on the phone and he was like someone came in today and introduced themselves to me and i was like i'm really sorry he told me he did that and i didn't ask him to do that and he's like he's like you know i don't like the fact that you're gay he's like but even i know that you could do a lot better than that guy 
You've never said the first part of that conversation, girl. <laughs> this is a lot to unpack for me in the life of going through this. So let's... So obviously, because our listeners are probably like, oh my god, I'm never coming out. Um, so <laughs> let's... Listen to the last episode and my part. Let's talk and... about how we started going, getting yeah, some let's, common ground. But let's go... Yeah, but let's... Yeah, let, completely that middle part. That yeah. middle ground. We start talking a little bit. Not even on board, just that part. Like, yeah. Let's... I would say... Um, Around the time that Same Love came out. Um, By Macklemore? Yeah, yeah. Around the time that Same Love came out. It was on the radios, and it was something that my mom, like, heard. And uh, it started playing on Christmas one year, and, and she started crying. And she was like, I, she's like, you knew that you were all this time, and you couldn't tell us because we made you afraid. And, like, she finally, like, they finally got around to understanding, like, all the hurt that I, I had had and why I was acting the way that I was and why I was kind of, like afraid to like go to them anymore and and why we were so estranged for those couple of years and she finally she's finally kind of started getting it and that was like uh just like a christmas um before we found out some detrimental things about my family and what was going to be happening in the coming months um so she she started coming around then and um i was getting closer with them and i was out actually on a winter retreat for my scholarship program and i got i um, came back from that weekend. It was a it was a Monday, I think, or a, a Sunday, and I came back off the mountain after not having service, and I had voicemails, and I checked the voicemails, and my dad said, "Hey, we need you to give us a call just like as soon as you can," and um, they had been calling me that weekend, and I hadn't been able to get a hold of them, so I I called back, and um, they basically told me that they had found a lump in my mom's breast, and that she had. Uh, breast cancer and um, that we were going to have to you know like just be there together as a family and you know I told her I told him that we would get through it together and so we did and um, that started bringing us closer there were times even during that time period where I lashed out and I was angry and I did it while my mom was recovering in a hospital bed (laughs) from one of her surgeries but I was hurting and I remember like I remember the feeling of that hurt so much me and my sister too had it out a lot of times and we were very venomous and angry towards one another and I just felt I know for a long time I just felt um like my you know like I had been left behind and estranged and outcast and it hurt really bad um because you and your family you're also the gay uncle too i am yeah and the gay uncle theory like for those of you who haven't listened to the previous episodes we always talk about like in our families there wasn't a gay uncle and then you realize it's you yeah (laughs) yeah and um so also um with my mom uh healing from this we found out my sister was pregnant and she was still in high school and um, that was something too that was all just kind of happening and it it made us stay more connected because all these things were kind of happening in our separate lives and we um, just wanted to be there for each other a bit more and so then that's when we just started spending more time together and starting to started getting more understanding for one another and we're still you know like I love my parents I love uh, my sister I love my family I just know that we will continue to have differing points of view and uh, outlooks on the world. And every day we try to get more common ground 
and that's all I can ask for. Um, they just want to see me happy now at this point. They know I do drag. I drunkenly came out to them at a wedding years later after my mom reacted to me liking drag in that on that Facebook post. But um, and their first question was if I was trans, and I said no. I just enjoy, you know. <laughs> I just enjoy being a crossdresser. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. Are you trans? It wasn't that woke. It was. So are you like Caitlyn Jenner? Because it was right after <laughs> after Caitlyn Jenner God. came out. So, <laughs> yikes. Um, but yeah. Yikes. <laughs> like a Republican. Wow, I never uh, heard that story either. Republican or like uh, uh, a parent to a whole bunch of rich children. Like, what yeah. does she want to know? <laughs> My gosh, that's so. But I don't know. I have to give them credit because it was. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about my family. They never knew any gay people. Gay was completely foreign to them. I remember it was always bad, and that was it. We grew up, I grew up very Pentecostal with my grandmother, so my dad grew up in the same kind of church, and yeah, of course, it was, it was fire and brimstone. It was the end of the world, thou shall, you know, man shall not lie with man as he does with woman, you know, that whole thing. Mm. Um, Leviticus, all of it thrown at me. It's an abomination. Um, So they didn't know anything else but that. And they, really the most they knew, they grew I mean, they were, they're Gen Xers, they grew up during kind of Reagan era, so the most familiar they were with anything gay, gay, especially being in like a smaller city and a smaller town, was that gay was synonymous with AIDS, and um, that that's what would, you know, like that was, that was their biggest worry. And they weren't even aware of like advances that have happened now with HIV and AIDS, you know, it was just... Right. It was just being in that bubble and not really knowing people like me that scared them so much. The fact that I was one, you know. Wow. And, um... Do you have any regrets about how you came out? I wish I would have done it sooner, and I wish I would have just... (laughs) No. (laughs) I wish I would have ran away and done it sooner. Um... I don't because I the thing is they were always going to react this way. And it's like you said last time. They were... My my parents were always going to react this way. Um... I do often think about if I had come out sooner and got kicked out as a minor, like what I would have done or what would have happened. Um, you probably would have been put in conversion. Oh yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard because, I mean, my parents would get mad that I didn't want to like play football anymore. Like if I would have came out at sixteen, like I saw how my dad reacted when I told him I didn't want to play football anymore. <laughs> it. I don't understand why that, like, that error exists because, like, I, like, my small story is my dad would say to me, even to this day, still says, well, I feel like if I was around more, you would have been more interested in sports. I love how parents, especially dads, think that, like, they have some, they think they have any influence on the things you're going to like or not like, which is so weird. Yeah. Like, your parents' job is to put you in everything possible when you're growing up. And to figure out what you like and what you're interested in. Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's so weird. For real. Because I had that same story. <laughs> and they did support me in the things that I loved. You know, like, I did love speech and debate. I was a theater kid. I, I sang in choir. Um, my dad supported me as much as he could for, like, the choir and theater stuff because he didn't love it. My mom was very in support of me doing speech and debate and really, like, helped me thrive. They just had a different idea in their head of who I was because... I was so, like, who I, so much of my identity was so repressed as a kid that I just had to be, like, this, like, this angry person with a chip on my shoulder. I just really wish that parents wouldn't feel like it's something that you've done to them. Yeah. Like, 
they're like, oh, I can't believe you did this to me. Yeah. It's like, no, I did this to the image you had of who you were raising. Yeah. But like, exactly. these are things we can't change. Exactly. Like, I'm not, I'm not dead. I'm still here. Like, <laughs> please. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I, parents need to realize you kept come as a pet. And now, like, you oh have to deal God. with how it acts. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Watches for, this. <laughs> thank you for that comedic and disgusting relief. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Children are just cum babies. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> no, and I, um, the thing is, as you, as you've heard this three parts now, three very different stories, because, like, my parents are divorced. Um, Mine are Autumn, still together. Autumn and Donna's parents are still together. Um, and Autumn's parents, obviously, like you heard, were really yeah. accepting off the bat. Um, Donna went through the very traditional story. Um, that's well, it's not traditional anymore per se, but the traditional story of I came out and they didn't want me around anymore and kicked me out. I had divorced parents and had to come out three times because my sister, my mom, and my dad, and all three of those were not a beautiful journey by any means. But the thing is, I think this is really helpful out there for you listeners because, like, your story is obviously going to be unique to you. Um, and just recognizing that there are resource out, resources out there to help you do it. And Definitely. don't come out until you're ready. Yeah, and honestly, like, things were hard for me in that week of moving. There were some nights that my friend's house wasn't available and I was staying in parks. Like, it wasn't easy completely because I, I didn't want to be at my parents' house so much. It was such a toxic, tense environment, and it gets that way sometimes. It gets really toxic um, if if you know that your family can react bad. And yeah, just like Coco's saying, there are resources out there. I was watching at the time a lot of It Gets Better <coughs> videos because that was at the it, the infancy of the It Gets Better project. But um, And also remember, if you're a minor and like you think that like you could get kicked out, sometimes it might be better just to like appease than to like give yourself a life where you're going to have to like struggle and like live on the streets just like wait until the second you turn 18 and then you can bounce but you don't want to like put your life in danger yeah um don't like lie about it and like repress it and like be open with your friends but if it's going to put you in like a dangerous situation don't put yourself in in something like that yeah Absolutely. I was the kid who knew who I was before I told my mom. Yeah. I very much knew who I was before I told my mom. And I always, the thing is, like Donna said, she didn't really necessarily have regrets. But, like, the biggest regret that I have, and also the same thing I said, was my mom was always going to react the same. Mm -hmm. But I regret the fact that it hurt our relationship. Yeah. Because, just like Donna said, I was also very close with my mom. Yeah. I felt like I went through a lot of horrible preteen stuff. I'm in college. And she's so proud of me, and she thinks the world of me, and she's just my biggest supporter in life. And then suddenly our relationship is incredibly damaged. Yeah. And for me, like we said before in my episode, it took roughly four, four to five years for my mom to come around. It sounds like it took Donna's family, let's see, it's been a decade later now? It's almost, it is actually, (laughs) no, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, for people who, like, are in this situation or are dealing with it, it's been nine... It was 2000, uh, yeah, 2011 um, was when I came out. So, yeah, 2000, holy shit, that's insane. 2011. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nine years. Yeah, and it takes some catching up to do. I mean, it, it, it just does. And especially when, like, because the one thing that I did have over the Donna situation is I... But it, it didn't take them nine years, by the way. I do need to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> My parents just want me happy and in a relationship someday. <laughs> <laughs> But I did, I used a relationship to 
push my mom over the edge. And that's when we had a lot of those negative talks, obviously, years later. Because yeah. I wasn't willing to sacrifice any more of any more time with my mom, especially if I wasn't dating anybody. I did. That's what I gave up. I was mm-hmm. like, well, we're not going to talk about it because I'm not dating anyone. Yeah. And I didn't know how long it would take me to date someone. And so that's why when I came out at 22, but I, then I met my ex at 24. So, yeah. like... It took two years, and then that relationship was lasting. So it was about two and a half years before I started pushing the subject for my mom to get on board. Yeah. Because it, it is. Being a single parent, like, I I didn't want to make her life any more harder than it needed to be. Yeah. So, um, so we're at 40 minutes, everybody. And I know that these stories are really difficult. I'm so sorry that we can't leave it on a more positive note. Uh, go back to listen to the last episode and listen to Autumn's Journey and Want to Hate Her because it was so great. Um, (laughs) but no thank you for listening I needed to get this off my chest my very hairy chest (laughs) (laughs) so this has taken us to the end of our episode thank you everybody for listening to um, Donna's story and and I hope that it does something for you please reach out to her on Instagram Um, what's your Instagram for her? Uh, it's Donatella underscore my secrets so check that out um, yeah, this has been a Gem of a Secret podcast. My name is Donatella My Secrets. My name is Coco Gem Holiday. And I'm sad. <laughs> and she's Autumn. Rain's hard. <laughs> and Autumn. And Autumn. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Toodles. This has been another episode of a Gem of a Secret podcast. The hosts of a Gem of a Secret podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Gem Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Gem Holiday at Coco Gem Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at The Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is a-J-E-M of a secret podcast dot com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at a gem of a secret pod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>